everybody. Welcome to Drive Through Review 586. Today we're going to take a look at Sagrada. Now this is from Floodgate Games. It's coming out about now. And the idea behind this game is that players are going to be drafting different colored dice and placing them into their own sort of stained glass window and trying to build up the arrangement of dice in different ways uh, to score the most points. That, how you score points is going to vary from game to game. There's going to be some sort of public objectives and goals that you're going after as well as private goals and things like that. And then there's also some tool cards that will allow you to kind of mitigate uh, the luck of the dice. So let's go ahead and jump right into how the game actually works, and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, here you can see a few things for the setup of the game. The first thing to note is each player is going to get a little stained glass window. These are nice thick cardboard here. They're going to get one in different colors. And then you're going to shuffle up and deal out uh, these cards here. And you can see these are double-sided. Now, the couple things to note about this is you can see these little pips here at the bottom. It's got three on this side and then uh, five on this side. And what that means is the number of favor tokens you're going to get by selecting that side has a little bit to do with the difficulty level. Now, the favor tokens that you get, you're going to spend and activate some of these special ability cards. So let's go ahead and just choose this one here. It's got five. And then you're going to slide that in there like that. And then this is going to give you kind of your layout or your target layout that you're going for. So you can see you need a six pip die to put in there, a blue die, a yellow die, and so on. You're going to have to arrange those in different ways. And then you're going to take the number of favor tokens that are allotted to you. And if you look in the center here, you've got a round tracker here. You're always going to play 10 rounds. You've got three face-up public goals, and this is going to drive the majority of your scoring here. So you can take a look at this one. For example, it says color diagonals. So count of diagonally adjacent of the same color. So if you had two blue adjacent diagonally, you know, in different ways or yellows, you're going to get points for each of the dice that's adjacent to uh, like color. Here, you're going to want to have a bunch of threes and fours on your board. So for every pair of those, you're going to get two points. You can see that there. And then this one is you're going to try to collect a variety of dice. And so there's five different colored dice in the game. And for each set of those, you're going to get four points. Uh, but you can see this goal here might kind of conflict with this goal, possibly. Then you've also got here some special ability cards. These are tool cards. These are going to be different things. I'll kind of explain how those work. You can use those during your turn. There's a deck of those here, a deck of those special goal cards. And then you have these here with a gray back. These are private goals. And these are all basically the same, but they're going to be for different colors. So you can see you got one for each of the different colors. And then this is going to give you points equal to the pips of all the yellow dice in that case. Or if you have this one, it's going to be all the red dice. So you're going to try to go after a certain colored dice possibly, uh, but that's going to be private. So the way the turn is going to work is whoever the start players for that round get the bag of dice. They're going to pull out a certain number of dice based on the number of players. So it's basically two per player uh, plus one. So if you're playing a two-player game, you'd pull out five dice. And I pulled out six. And then you're going to go ahead and roll these and put these out here, and then players are going to be able to draft those. And I'll go ahead, I was going to make this comment in the review, but as you can see, the color of dice is very hard to mitigate in this game. That's the one thing you're going to have to really try to work around and draft around. There's not really a way to mitigate the actual dice that were drawn out of the bag, but there's abilities and things like to re-roll or maybe turn a dice over and stuff like that. But the way the drafting is going to work is let's say I'm first, I'll go ahead and maybe choose this green die, and then Billy will go. And then since we're playing a two-player game, Billy will go again, and then I'll go again. Maybe grab this other six, and then this die here is going to be remaining. Now, if you're playing a three-player game, you would have two more dice out on the table. I would go, Billy would go, Francesca would go, and then Francesca would go, Billy would go, and I would go. So it's kind of a weird kind of round robin. 
similar to placing houses in Catan. Now the remaining die is just going to be placed on this board there, and that's just going to be a way to track the number of rounds. Now in addition to drafting a die on your turn, you can spend one of these favor tokens optionally uh, and activate one of these cards. So you can see these are the three abilities that we have face up. So for example, this one says reroll all dice in the draft pool. This may only be used on your second turn before drafting, so everybody gets a chance to draft. So the way that I would activate this, I would take and put one of my favorite tokens on there, and the first player to do that for any of these, it only costs them one. If somebody else wanted to come and do this later, they would spend these two and discard them back into the bag, and then that's how that would work. So each of these is gonna cost one token to start, and then everybody else after that's gonna be a little bit more expensive. This one allows you to move any dice that you have on your board, ignoring the color restrictions. I'll talk about the restrictions here. And then this one is after drafting, you can flip the die to the opposite side. So mentioning the restrictions, let's talk about that. So on my first turn, I had these two dice here that I drafted. What are the restrictions? Well, first of all, you've got a place in a corner to start, and you've also got to match what's underneath. So in this case, I drafted a one, I can go ahead and put that on there. Now the color doesn't matter, but in these other cases, the color does matter. That's the only thing that does. So I want to end up with the blue here. But once you get a die that is in a corner, then you start placing adjacent to any dice that you have pre-existing on the board. So I couldn't like jump up here and grab that six. I have to kind of work out. And you've also got one other restriction here is you can't have the same color orthogonally adjacent to a die and you can't have the same pip number. So if I had like a six here, for example, I wouldn't want to end up placing that there because I know I need a six here, for example. And if I place this six here as a blue, that's tricky because I know I need a blue here and you can't have colors adjacent or pips adjacent orthogonally. You can place diagonally. So if I put here uh, this one green and I got another green die, that's not so bad because I can go ahead and place that there. You can place or, uh, diagonally and there's no really rules there. Uh, but this is a bad move as well because you can see I've got a four here and I know I need a four there to place there. So I wouldn't want to do that. So basically, you start from the corner, place adjacent, orthogonally, diagonally, and then you want to make sure you don't have colors or pips adjacent orthogonally. And that's all the rules there is to it. And you're going to go along, you're going to fill up most of your board usually, and any empty spaces are going to be reduction in points. And then you're going to score points based on whatever goals were out, and of course, the secret goal that you had in front of you as well, you're going to add up all those points. And as you go along, you're going to be filling up this board here. Once you get to the 10 rounds all the way across, just go ahead and flip that board over. And each player has a little score tracker here. And then this will flip over to the 50 side, which hopefully you have scored more than 50 points because you usually need to do that to win. Uh, but that's it. Okay, so that is a Sagrada. And let's just get one sort of caveat out of the way because I really do enjoy this game. We ran into a little bit of an issue when we played it. And that had to do with kind of two things and they kind of coupled together. They kind of, uh, one kind of begets the other. So for the first thing that I kind of mentioned during the walkthrough are the private goals here. You can see you get points for the pips on your yellow dice or your purple dice or whatever. So as you saw in the example, in that first round, I pulled out a bunch of blue dice. Uh, so there was only green and blue dice in that pull. Uh, there's a lot of dice in the bag. Uh, and so it's feasible, and I've seen it, where maybe you have the yellow uh, bonus. And not a lot of yellow dice come out, and not enough come out so that other players have reason to pick them, even though they don't necessarily know you're going after yellow, to fulfill you know, the different 
goals on their board. So you might get shafted a little bit in that particular goal and somebody else might get a favorable amount of points. They might get very high numbers uh, out of those and they may be in a position to draft that. That's just a little bit of the luck that's involved there. Now the other thing to know is uh, you might start to deduce what somebody else's color is. And, and that's good because then you can kind of hate draft that if you've got a good spot to put, put it. Uh, but the rules uh, mention that you can optionally take a die and optionally activate a special ability on one of the tool cards. But it doesn't say, can you take a die and then you can't place it and then discard it. it there's not really clarity there. And going on Board Game Geek, there wasn't really a whole lot of clarity there as well. And I would say that's just a variant that you could play with. So you could either say, yes, you can take a die even though you cannot legally place it on your board and then discard it. Or you could say you're not allowed to take a die unless you can legally take it. I don't really know that that makes that big of a difference to the game, honestly. It's just gonna be the game's a little bit meaner or a little bit less mean, or I would say it's a little bit more interactive and you can be a little bit more aggressive or proactive in terms of preventing people from getting a die. So you, maybe you were getting kind of screwed on you know, the primary goal or the private goal. And you know that Billy over there was going after purple. You're like, you know, I'm gonna take this purple because it's a six and I'm pretty sure Billy's going after purple. So I'm gonna take it and chuck it. And that just gives you that extra kind of layer to, uh, you know, to play around with in terms of your decision-making. Now, just knowing that, and I think it's just, it's a little bit of a fault that it's not very clear, but in my mind, I can't really work out which is the best way to play the game. I would play it either way, I'd be happy. Uh, I'd probably like the fact that you could take and discard it. Now, forgetting all that, I would say the game's very, very fun. It takes about 30 minutes tops once everybody knows how to play. Uh, you can actually play it solo as well, I should have mentioned that. Uh, and I have tried it solo, and it's, it's pretty fun. It's actually some cool decision-making in terms of what you do with kind of the leftover dice, and because it, it, it adds points to the AI, so to speak. Any leftover dice go on the round tracker, so you don't want any sixes going on there. So that's kind of interesting as well. Uh, but yeah, there's good decision-making. It's very, very quick, and the amount of decision-making that is you know, in that tight time frame uh, is really cool. Uh, because you've got you know the different goals, you've got to really work your way around uh, this card here, and you can really just almost sometimes accidentally you get kind of so caught up in scoring one of the goals or something, you realize that well if I do this here, then I'm really gonna not be able to place a die there, but that's only you know minus one victory point. How bad is that going to affect me? And then as over the course of the game, as you start to fill up the board, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And then these uh, tool cards become more and more important. And you've got to really keep an eye on, you know, what tools are out there and how you're going to be able to sort of maneuver. So there's a lot of uh, different ways to play around. Sometimes it'll allow you to jump a die, you know, over to an empty spade and not be adjacent. So then it gives you kind of two avenues. And that's really interesting to play that way because you don't have to go grow out of the same spot. You can kind of grow in different directions. And that's really cool. Uh, it, the game looks great. It's really cool. The pieces are nice and big and thick, um, you know, and the dice are nice colored translucent dice. Uh, so if nothing else, you get a whole bunch of cool dice for a pretty good deal. Uh, but I really would recommend the game and I would just say, just kind of know those little caveats going in so you don't get frustrated with it. Uh, but I would still recommend the game even with that kind of uh, unclarity there. Um, but really the, the one key I would give you is, is really watch out for uh, the colors because there's not a lot of ways to mitigate that initial draw out of the bag uh, because the colors are, are what the colors are. Now once they're on your board, once the dice have rolled, you can mitigate those two areas, but the actual colors coming out 
that's going to be tricky and that's not always going to necessarily be fair. But, you know, there's enough else going on in the game that I think it's almost kind of nice to have that little bit of a anvil over the back of your head because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it just has that little bit of edge to it as well. So I think folks are going to kind of vary, but again, the, the game plays so quickly that I don't really think it's a problem. And you're gonna be able to play it enough times, like say in an hour, you can easily play this three times in an hour once everybody's familiar with the flow of it and how to use kind of the different tools and all that kind of good stuff. Once you ingest all that, you can definitely play this, you know, three times in an hour, I'd say even with four people. Uh, but I definitely recommend this game. It's, it's a great production. It's very, very fun. If you don't get too kind of uptight about how fair things came out, I mean, it is a dice game, uh, then uh, I think you're gonna have a great time with it. So that is Sagrada. Thanks.